Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now.
Wow, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Crowd Online Church. It's great that you're with us here on Remembrance Sunday. Uh, and I'm with the beautiful and amazing Claire Glegg. Claire, thank you for joining us today. How are we doing? Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. I uh, love taking a little moment there to remember. Um, and uh, yeah, good to be with you all today. Thanks for yeah. having me. No, it's great that you're here and I'm loving your poppy. I know. Oh, wrong, wrong side. Crochet. <laughs> Not done by, me. Not done by you. I have in my body. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, for those of you outside of the UK, Remembrance Sunday is just a time when we remember those who have uh, fallen who, who, or who are in service uh, at the moment uh, and have fought so bravely for us over the years in the many battles that we've had to face. And so, yeah, that's why we do it. And do you know why we wear the poppies, Claire? Um, yeah, basically in um, southern, well, in France where people's bodies died when um, the poppy grows after disturbed ground. Mm. And so it was what was growing on, you know, over people's um, bodies, the graveyards, really, the, of the fallen soldiers. And, and I think um, it was just a really stark reminder that life comes after death, yeah. I think, um, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. And there was that famous poem, wasn't there, in Flanders Fields, uh, where poppies grow. Uh, yeah. which came from the, the war as well, the Great War. So, yeah. uh, yes, uh, it's always good to take time and just be grateful and thankful. Uh, I'm reminded of the words by Churchill, never have uh, so many owed so much to so few. Uh, yeah. And it's very true. Uh, yeah. And so, yes, uh, whether wars are just or right or wrong or the morals of that we can get into maybe another day. But just for now, we say thank you uh, and yeah. we are grateful. Yeah. So thank you for joining us on this Remembrance Sunday. Uh, today we are carrying on our our trawl, is maybe the wrong word, our our journey. Well, he was a fisherman. I think he, that's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, let's go with trawl. Uh, through the Gospel of John, we're in a series called Origin, uh, and we have been uh, on a whistle-stop tour through the Gospel of John, uh, looking at the life of Christ, getting ready to dig into a book called Acts, which is great book just sort of describes the life of the early church and what happened right there at the beginning which we're really keen to get into uh, but of course we can we can just spend a little bit of time here in John's gospel so my very good friend uh, Mr Tony Odin who is a pastor of a church down in Tower Hamlets is going to be sharing with us today uh, after that we're going to have a time of worship um, and then after that we've got conversation street with myself and Claire all in the context of Remembrance Sunday as well. So we are going to be carrying on that conversation. But before we get into Tony's talk, uh, Tony's talk, there's a lot of T's in there. Uh, <laughs> I've just realised it's Tony's talk. Um, before we get into Tony's talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You should read something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are in John's Gospel, chapter 13, I think. Is it Clay? You just read it out. Okay, so it's John's Gospel 13 from the start of the chapter through to verse 16. And it's called, in, in this Bible, it's Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, 
Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Very good. So we are going to let Tony carry on that conversation as we talk about what that means. And if you're new to the Christian faith or not heard that passage before, because it's not a bit weird, washing each, other, each other's feet. Girded was the word that I was amused by. <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Jesus was girded. Uh, so... <laughs> And I'm looking forward to that conversation, let me tell you. So here is Tony's talk uh, related to that passage. After that, like I said, there's going to be some worship and then Claire will be back. Claire and I will be back for Conversation Street. So do add your questions, do add your comments uh, in there. I can see we've got some people in there already. We've got Matt Crew, we've got Elizabeth, uh, Miriam in there. So I'm not reading the second name wrong, the first name. Sharon's in there. We're all in the comments. So do come and say hi. It'd be great to see you. Um, and yeah, we'll be back for Conversation Streets after worship, after this. Good afternoon. It's great to be with you at Crowd Church today as you continue your look through John's Gospel. We're today at John chapter 13, and I want us to look at how Jesus sets an example of servant leadership. In the uh, chapters just before this, we see Jesus' uh, entry back into Jerusalem in one sense, uh, warmly welcomed, but in another sense, talking about the fact that he would go to the cross. And now what I want us to see is that John's gospel gives this tremendous detail of the last few uh, hours, particularly, and of Jesus' ministry before he was arrested. As John's gospel moves towards its climax, we see that so much of it is focused on the last couple of days of Jesus' life. And here we see in John 13, Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. And in doing so, he sets the example of what it is to be a servant. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Just how much uh, leadership is such a contested topic. Our world has high expectations of leadership but generally low expectations of leaders. We want leaders, we want leadership that will be good, that will look out for our best. We want leadership that causes others to thrive, but generally our experience is of leaders who use the power and authority they have in self-serving ways. That's certainly true in politics. It's often true in business. It's true in, in so many areas, and unfortunately at times, it's even sometimes true of the church. And Jesus is leaving and setting the disciples a really powerful example of what servant leadership is. So I want us to take a look, a closer look at that. Firstly, uh, the context. Jesus' love is expressed through being with his disciples. Jesus' love is expressed through being with his disciples. Verse one says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. The very last uh, day of Jesus' public ministry. You know, Jesus knew he was going to the cross and he was communicating something to his disciples simply by the fact that he was with them and that he was giving them his undivided attention. It's a powerful thing, isn't it? That we show people honor and respect 
through giving them time. Sometimes it may even be easier to give someone money than it is to give them our time. And what we see is Jesus is giving them time in the last day uh, before his arrest. He wants to be with his disciples. If you knew that your life was to end in a week's time, probably change how you live your life, wouldn't it? If you knew that your life was to end in a month's time or a year's time, I think you'd probably live differently. I'm, I'm certainly hope I would. Jesus knew that within hours he would be arrested and yet he chose to be with his disciples. By being with them, he was expressing what it is to be a servant leader. But also we know that Jesus was preparing them for the fact that, they, that he would go to the cross. He was building them up. John includes in his gospel his own reason for writing the gospel. John chapter 20 verse 31. But these things have been written so that you may believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John wanted his readers, people like you and I who would read this gospel, to believe in Jesus and through believing in Jesus find life, real life, eternal life, life abundant. And Jesus wanted his disciples to have that. That is why he was willing to go to the cross in speaking about what was to happen, in preparing his disciples, in being with them, Jesus was expressing love through servanthood. I want us just to contrast that with the disciples. This same account, the, the account of the same thing in Luke 22 shows us that actually there was a argument that developed between the disciples at this time. In verse 24 of Luke 22, it says, A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be considered the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. The greatest among you shall be the youngest, and the one who rules will be the one who serves. Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, to die for your sin and mine, to pay the ultimate price, to show what it is to be a servant. And the disciples are jostling for position. They're saying, Jesus, am I going to be the one that gets the best place when you go? And in the midst of this, Jesus shows them what true servant-hearted leadership is like. Not something that is just merely expressed in words, but communicated in actions. And Jesus' actions of being with them. The phrase that's used there in verse 1 is, he loved them to the end. By being with them, by preparing to give his life for them, Jesus was showing that love is expressed and it's expressed in servant-heartedness. But also, secondly, Jesus showed them that love is demonstrated and he demonstrated it by washing the disciples' feet. In verse 3 we read, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus knew that he was going back to the Father. He knew that he was uh, preparing to face the cross and then would be raised and return to God the Father. And in doing so, he sets the tone. This idea that he got up, he says, this is what I have to leave you with. I have to show you something that is so important. And that was that he would wash his disciples' feet. The scandal of the greatest teacher who ever was washing the feet of the disciples. The scandal of God himself in human flesh. The one through whom and for whom all things were made. 
humbling himself before human feet in all of the squalor and filth. It's a remarkable picture, isn't it? This is the glory of God. You want to see the power and glory of God? The power and glory of God is demonstrated in Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You know, years ago I worked uh, in homelessness and there was a podiatrist I worked with and her role was to go out on the streets and to find entrenched rough sleepers and to really, people who are resistant to help very often with extremely poor personal hygiene. And her role was to uh, basically help them with their feet. And I was struck time and time again, how she would literally deal with some of the worst, most unhygienic feet you could imagine. And she'd do it with a smile on her face, treating people with utter dignity and respect. Whenever I think of her, I'm reminded of this passage. This is a manifestation of the glory of God. Here's the substance. Here's what God looks like. Getting involved at the lowest possible level. This is the power of God at work as Jesus washes the disciples' feet. You know, it was the job of the in the context of the time of the lowest servant in the house to wash the feet it wouldn't even have been uh, a normal servant's job really if you were washing people's feet you were the lowest of the low you were at the bottom of the pile you know those of you maybe watched something like Downton Abbey you'll have seen you know the the butler he's quite prim and proper isn't he and he, so much that he views as being beneath him he's risen to a different station in life and as you go through the different servants they all look down on the one below well the job of washing the feet in jesus time was for the very lowest of the low and jesus demonstrates humility jesus demonstrates servanthood by washing their feet it's quite interesting as jesus does this they would have been shocked and scandalized and i want us to see, uh, to contrast Peter's response with Jesus. Jesus is demonstrating humility, but in one sense, Peter is demonstrating pride. In verse eight, Peter says, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. When Jesus wants to wash the disciples' feet, Peter thinks he knows better. And his pride won't let Jesus do it. And one of the things, true humility means acknowledging and understanding that God knows best. Peter's pride is about to be humbled. He's going to come, and we'll see this as these chapters go on, he's going to come to the end of himself, the end of his own self-will. You see, even though it was wrapped up in a kind of false humility, Jesus, I'll never let you do that. What we're experiencing there is pride and self-will. When Jesus reminds him of the need to have his feet washed, Peter says, then wash the whole of me. Don't just stop at my feet. Interesting how Jesus answers in verse 10. Those who've had a bath and need only to wash the feet, their whole body is clean and you are clean. You see, Jesus is going to make them clean through the fact that he would die on the cross. He was about to give his life. Jesus was going to die in their place, but in your place and mine. That on the cross, Jesus was going to take every sin, every wrongdoing, all of our selfishness, all the junk from our hearts, and place them on himself, so that by having faith in him, we can be made new, forgiven, having a new start. And Peter wants uh, Jesus wants Peter to know that it's that that will make him clean, not just having his feet washed. But Jesus wants to do this uh, as, a, as a demonstration, but also a metaphor for what it is to lead, that to lead involves servanthood and humility. And that means firstly acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, not us. It means acknowledging that his way is best, not ours. It means acknowledging that we can no longer live in our own self-will. 
if Jesus was the ultimate servant, then to follow his example, we need to embrace his humility and die to self-will. Watchman Nee famously said, attempting to follow Jesus without denying the self is the root of all failures. Peter was about to fail. He was about to deny Jesus. He was about to come to the end of his pride. Jesus was showing him. And Jesus' actions show us what true humility looked like. Jesus demonstrates the role of servant leadership. Wouldn't it be amazing if our politicians, if our business leaders, if us church leaders, we lived in such a way that demonstrated that we are firstly servants. It's the example Jesus gave. But Jesus gave a, uh, a demonstration that was to be followed. That's point number three, that Jesus' actions are for us to follow. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example, and you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus expresses his love for his disciples by being with them. Jesus demonstrates his love for them by washing his feet. But he also gives them a command to do likewise. Leadership in the kingdom of God is ultimately about serving. We have the example of Jesus. Verse 13 there, you call me Lord and teacher. And rightly so, for what? That is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. If it was good enough for Jesus, then it's the example we should follow. You know, think about the examples of servanthood and humility in your life. You know, one of the things that strikes me is my father came as a migrant from Bangladesh and when he came he basically spent his life uh, working all kinds of jobs and worked hard because he wanted us to have a better life than he had. He wanted us to have the opportunities that we he never had. He gave of himself because he wanted better for us. That's what a good father does. Now sadly a lot of fathers aren't that way. But Jesus set the example of what it is to give, to give of ourselves, to give of our very best in a selfless way. I believe that in the kingdom of God, aspiring to be a servant is an end in itself. And I want to challenge you today. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, that involves using whatever power whatever influence, whatever responsibility you have, whatever privilege you have in life. My challenge is for you today. Will you use it for yourself or will you use it for others? Jesus set the example of the ultimate sacrifice. We don't need to die in, for anybody's sins. Jesus has done it for us. But like him, we need to be willing to come to the end of ourselves. in that sense. We need to live for him. We need to act in humility and serve others. So does that mean we should all go around and, uh, and basically have a, a service where we wash each other's feet? Well, I don't think it's about that. What it's about is the example of Jesus willing to take on the lowest of tasks to serve others. I want to ask you, what does that look like for you? Are you willing to take on the lowest of tasks? Maybe that means mowing someone's lawn. Maybe it means letting others take the credit for the project at work. Maybe it means putting somebody else in the spotlight, allowing them to receive praise. 
Maybe it means cleaning someone's toilet. Maybe it might mean dropping someone else's kids off for them, even when you've got a busy day. You see, servanthood is the opposite of selfishness. But also, maybe there's something more fundamental here. Maybe even the fact that Jesus gave the disciples his time ought to speak to us about servanthood through giving others our time. I know for me, it's very easy for me to be distracted. I have a short attention span. And maybe being a servant in terms of our leadership means giving the person in front of us our full attention. Maybe it means not looking at our phones while they're speaking. Maybe being a servant means being places on time, showing respect for others. Maybe it means being willing to do the hard work, manual work, grunt work it might seem like to you. Maybe it means like not asking people to do things that we're not prepared to do ourselves. You know, the church of Jesus is it's most beautiful when it is like him. And that is a church of servants. We don't really have time, but there's a beautiful passage in Philippians 2 verses 1 to 11, which gives, which is in one sense a parallel passage to this. It shows how Jesus got up in John. It says Jesus got up. Philippians 2 says Jesus left the glories of heaven. This, John says, Jesus took off his robe. Philippians says, Jesus emptied himself and came as a man. John says, Jesus took up a towel. Jesus said, uh, Philippians says, Jesus came as a servant. John shows us that Jesus poured water into a bowl. Jesus' example was that he poured out his life says in this passage in John that when he finished washing the disciples' feet, he sat down again. Philippians tells us that Jesus, when God raised him, is seated at the right hand of God. I want to ask you, are you willing to follow the example of Jesus? That sacrificial love for God, sacrificial love for each other, and sacrificial love for a hurting and dying world. Jesus' love, verse 1 told us, was loving to the end, complete, unending, not tokenistic, not convenient, but sacrificial. I want to ask you, what's your response to King Jesus, the King who was a servant? Are you prepared to live a life of service to God and service to others? God bless you. I I 
Welcome back to me. I mean, no one else has gone anywhere. We we were the ones that left, I suppose, just thinking about it. Uh, yes, uh, love that song. Uh, and we're going to get into the words of that hymn, actually, because that hymn talked about sacrifice. Tony talked a lot about sacrifice uh, in his talk, and today is Remembrance Sunday, where we remember the sacrifice of many people. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to get into all of that. Claire, it's been a while since you have heard from Tony. Uh, you were talking about this before we went online, weren't you, that uh, it's been a wee while. Uh, yeah. But uh, what did you what did you think to that talk? I, I you know I just think you know their example down uh, they work down in London don't they in a church mm. I know that they do amazing things in their community just very practical loving and um, kind serving stuff and um, Tony and his wife and their team down there so yeah just brilliant 
I think just to, uh, there was something that really struck me, you know, I think it's often the simplest things, you know, giving time and attention yeah. to people, you know, actually paying real attention to people doing, see, uh, the phrase, the song that was going through my head a little bit was not when I survey the wondrous cross, but um, how low can you go? Do you remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've completely gone off, off off piece here. But just, I think, almost not a competition because it isn't a competition, but trying to kind of outdo each other yeah. as servant-hearted and as loving yeah. and as giving to do the lowest job, the job yeah. that nobody else wants to do. And I think that that is a real challenge, isn't it, to us yeah. just every day because um, there's always something more exciting or more fun to do, isn't there? Um, there's always something that's more selfish to do and yeah. there's no i don't know about you claire but i find there's never a shortage of uh selfish things to do uh there's <laughs> just an abundance of them uh and so it's a really interesting one isn't it? i think i want to get into some of the things that tony said and one of the questions that Mim's, uh, miriam's put in the post i think it's a really interesting question because tony he sort of ends this sort of uh, talk with, will you be more Christ-like? Will you, you know, will you do this? Will you uh, become more servant-minded? Which I think is a great question. And, you know, he talked about why that is. Uh, but it's just a really interesting question, is it, in terms of balance? How do you do that? Uh, what is the balance between, uh, uh, what's the fancy phrase everyone loves at the moment, which really winds me up? Self-care. That's it. Self-love, self-care. And you're just like, oh. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like no, no, no. I've got this. This is what I mean. There's not a there's not a, a shyness in terms of selfishness uh, in the world at the moment, and so I guess for a question for you, Claire, is how do you bring that balance right? Because you've you've done the missionary thing, you've given up your life and gone into distant, faraway lands. You're a, a beautiful lady. You're a beautiful mum. You're a wife. You're doing all these things uh, for work, serving, helping people. Go. How do you do balance? Go. <laughs> <laughs> not quite sure there was a real question in there but I'll no. do my best <laughs> um, I think can I read this bit from Philippians that I found go um, for it Tony, Tony mentioned it but um, yeah, I'm reading from the message from your bookshelf, bookshelf actually Matt um, but it was talking about um, uh, if you've got anything out of all of, of being following Christ if his love has made any difference in in our lives, I'm paraphrasing, if being in a community of the spirit means anything to us, if we have a heart, if we care, then do me a favour. I think it's Paul writing to the Philippians, isn't it? Yeah. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. I love that. Um, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And I just yeah. thought that that really, uh, you know, Tony wanted to sort of read it, but there's only yeah. so much time, isn't there? I think, you know, it's not about forgetting yourself in all of that. It's not about, you know, burning the candle at both ends and being so exhausted that you, you know, you can't. Yeah kids up on time it's not about that it's about um i think it's about for me it's trying to listen to the voice of the holy spirit um uh to um that little nudge um to to say oh there's a there, just stop and just listen to that person for a bit longer um or there's a you know just trying to find those moments to to connect and to love people, I think, and yeah. you know, in in whatever way that might be, whether it's you know, giving something to somebody on the street or so a stranger, or I think the challenge is even more with your family because they see the rough edges, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. When I'm particularly grumpy at night, and that's when they need me most. <laughs> like, just go to bed. <laughs> Read a story to get out. <laughs> well, we best not overrun with a live stream then. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> best not overrun. No, I think it's, it's very true. Uh, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? It's not all about 
uh, give, 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 but it's not all about take, take, take. And there seems to be a balance, doesn't there? And Sharon's put here in the comments, do you think there's a place for self-care in the Christian life? Because I appreciate that by our comment, we may have just ticked everybody off that thinks self-care is important. I, I think we've, I think we're, I think there's a pendulum, isn't there? And I think a pendulum swing. And yeah. I, th I, I totally think that you have to look after yourself, you know, and you, um, you, you know, the, the love, love one another, you know, as yourself kind of thing, you know, that is, that is a, that is a quote, isn't it? From yeah. The Bible. Jesus said it, so it's fine. Jesus yeah. said it. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we quote Jesus and we, we get it wrong sometimes, but that is really one. And I think, it, so, it, you know, you have to take care of yourself, don't you? You know, otherwise you, but I, I think we're just, I think we're just reacting to the word self-care, aren't we? That we are feels, a little bit. Yeah. The Western world, it's been bandied around a lot. And I think it is, I think sometimes it is an excuse for selfishness or, but I, you know, nine times out of 10, it's, you know, you, you know, your body yeah. tells you, you just need to stop, you know, even yeah. if it's half an hour, you know, get a little nap. I'm, yeah. I'm all about the daytime naps. The, day, the power naps, dun, dun, dun. No, I agree, Claire. I think you're right. I think um, regardless of what you want to call it, yeah. Uh, and the reason why self-care winds me up is because it becomes an excuse not to do anything for anybody else. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think, why I've struggled with it as much as I have. Yeah. But the principles are still there. Like you say, love one another as you love yourself. You know, treat others as you would want to be treated. There is this sort of do not think of yourself more highly than you should doesn't mean to think of yourself lowly. It's just not more highly than you should. Help others get along, prefer others. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of I think it's a really interesting thing, isn't it, that actually there is this balance that we that we have to fight. Uh, but as Christians, actually the emphasis is more on servant and I think the whole concept of leadership being servant leadership is something without getting too political, that our political oh, leaders... can we not? <laughs> our political leaders should definitely... Well, I'm quite happy to get political. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like Rishi Sunak, who is the now Prime Minister of, the, of Britain. What's my best advice for him? Be a servant, right? Yeah. It's that kind of servant leadership is the best form of leadership. And I think self-serving leadership is always just caught out isn't it and we struggle with it um and so yeah it's one of those where i think i think if you are in some form of leadership mm. asking yourself the question like how how do i how well am i doing in the servant leader role is not a bad question to ask yourself mm. and how can i improve in that right mm. how can i i do that tim keller quoted go on. Great. I've got an absolutely brilliant manager at work and um, I've been so impressed with how she has set um, she just really recognises like when our team needs a bit of a break and she one time she did a bit of self-care with us but it was lovely she bought us a little chocolate she bought us some hankies she bought us a few little things like that but she she also spent time thinking about um the individual qualities that we all brought to the team and she just it was just so thoughtful and from her heart and i was just like you're a brilliant manager you know you you know as far as i know doesn't doesn't know uh, jesus um but you know has really modeled great leadership to me yeah. um, and i i love that yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. Um, Dion's put in the comments here, what do you think about servanthood being an attitude rather than an action? So it's more about our motivation rather than how much actual serving we do. I quite, I like the idea um, and I, I'm i very anti the, uh, the measurement brigade. Do you know what I mean? I've done 14 hours of, of serving this week. So therefore I've checked that off in my checkbox. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I would agree that it starts with attitude. Don't know about you, Claire. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I do, but I, I think also kind of the proof of the puddings in the eating. I think if you don't, if you say stuff, you know, you talk, you talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. Mm. I, you know, I think it, again, it's that balance, isn't it? Of yeah, it's good. You've, um, you, I think actions 
in a sense, speak louder for me. Um, I, I'm a bit of an activist. No, really? <laughs> not, really, not Claire? So, not so much of a thinker. Not, not <laughs> a lot of people type. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and so, I, th- I, you know, do think, do ponder, and then do it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think I think Dion's right. I think it's got to come out of a, out of a right attitude, you know. Yeah. And Paul Paul talks about this, doesn't he? And he's like, if I do this, if I give away this and do that and do all these amazing things, but have a lot no, don't have love, yeah. then I've become as a resounding gong yeah. or whatever the King James says, which is a great phrase. Um, and yeah, so, we gongs. yes, we don't we don't want resounding gongs. We just we don't want that hot air nonsense. Uh, and Dion's put here actually, yeah, faith and works go hand in hand, which is totally right. Uh, and you know, you've 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 got to have both. So here was a question that I came across um, when I quickly googled questions people have about servant leadership while Tony Tony was doing his talk, uh, and I thought this was a great question: Who do you serve who cannot repay you in any way? Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's a really fascinating yeah. question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I think I, I, I was thinking about the same sort of thing while Tony was speaking that that actually if you're and I think it's that sweet talking your way to success. If we're if we're if we're doing things to people that we know can somehow, you know, scratch you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours or the other way around or whatever. You know, that's that's not really serving, is it? I mean, no. You know, but if you're doing things, what is it to the least of these? Yeah. Um, then you, you're doing it onto Jesus, you know. Yeah. And I think I've actually had a couple of amazing examples of washing people's feet. Shall I tell you very briefly about that? Yeah, I'm curious now. Yeah, go for it. I, it's actually one of my things that I really like to do. And I, I'm going to slightly tweak it. I'm going to call it a pedicure rather than washing your feet. because um, But people are very... Um, People don't like generally other strangers touching their feet or, mm. you know, but I've had some beautiful opportunities. Um, it was one time in the Democratic Republic of Congo and another time in Kyrgyzstan where I lived for a few years. And um, I've just, and, and they, those were countries where people didn't have great footwear. So a bit like Jesus's uh, time, you know, dodgy sandals and, you know, muddy floors and all the rest of it. But, and these women were just working so hard. Nobody ever gave them any time or, mm. you know, they never would normally go for a pedicure. It wasn't that, those kind of places, they didn't have that sort of money, um, you know. And um, and it was just such a treat. You know, they were, mm. they were embarrassed at the start, but then were just like, oh, this is really lovely, thank you. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I think they had a good time, but actually I was having a better time, um, you know, so. Uh, but I think it's trying to find those other ways, isn't it? Like Cody said, it's not actually about us all, you know, grabbing the towel around our waist. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, can I, can I feet? Knocking on your neighbour's door with a bucket. Uh, and a sponge. No, it's not going to work. Oh, it's but... Maundy Thursday today. Maundy Thursday. That's a great. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? It's interesting, isn't it? And I and I think the the question right was, you know, don't ask people to do things that you personally wouldn't do. And I think everyone around you needs help, and it's understanding where you can help, and you know where you, where that shape is, or where that hole is that you can fill, mm-hmm. uh, and be God's hands in that situation. I think it's interesting. So mm-hmm. Matt's put here. He regularly works with those in need. Um, uh, Dion's put she volunteers for a domestic abuse charity which is amazing and I think it's one of the I just want to give a shout out to my Christian brothers and sisters here I'm going to get the figures wrong Sharon's going to shout at me but you know what I'm going to do it anyway uh, and I'll face up to it later I think Sharon was telling me she was in listening to a guy talk about the third sector the, so the charity sector here in the UK and the Christian population apparently is about 2% uh, in the UK it's not huge I, we would say I, I would you know England, in effect, is a Christian country, but those who would be professing uh, active Christians, who would some have some kind of active faith rather than just being Christian by sort of a natural response or you know heritage, it's about two percent. So it's a small part of the population, uh, but Christians make up around, I think it was sixty percent of the workforce in the third sector, in the charity sector, um, and so you know the church for all its faults and problems is just full of people who want to serve and help. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and so big up to my Christian brothers and sisters if you do work in the third sector. It's amazing. And I think we should keep doing that. Uh, yeah. and keep serving uh, and it's important uh, it's the highest form of leadership and I think it has a big impact on the nation so and, and, and it really does I think we really the, the church does really punch above its weight in you know uh, metaphorically but I think also there's that challenge to all of us to not kind of be Jesus or be the saviour be the one with all the answers but to actually yeah. ask people well actually how can I serve you yeah. and humility to think oh yeah um well i think that they might need this but actually let me talk to them and where maybe they yeah. maybe they might need that um or something else or maybe i'm not the person who can help them but either i can pray or i can give financially or i can suggest to somebody else oh <laughs> you're really good at this could you do this yeah, yeah. um we, we don't you know working together as 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 the church is is brilliant yeah, and that's what we should be doing, right? That's what we should be doing in com uh, in community. And so, ah, oh, love the conversation. It's um, this this whole thing. You know, why do we do it? Why do we do the servant thing? And Tony talked about it. You know, Jesus modelled it, didn't he? This was his whole deal. And in that song, we sang all the vain things that charm me most. I sacrifice them to His blood. In other words, let me lay down selfishness. That's my sacrifice, and let me take up. Uh, the call of Christ, which is servanthood. Mm. I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not brilliant at this. I am getting better. Um, I, am, I am getting better <laughs> over the years. Um, so, yes, uh, servanthood. So, I think we will end that conversation there because looking at time, I, if we if I don't, we're just going to carry on. Uh, was how you just looking at time like this? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so, servant leadership. I hope you got something out of this today. One, can I get a little bit political? Would that be all right? And without taking up too much time. You know me. <laughs> Let's do it. So, if you don't know, uh, Claire was a Labour councillor. So, you've definitely got political in your in your time, haven't you? One of the things that I saw Justin Wellesby, who is the Archbishop of Canterbury, who in theory is the senior most senior person in the Church of England in the UK. In the world, I think. In the world, is he? He's a top bloke. We've met him a couple of times. Have you met him, Claire? Met him a couple of times. Really good life. Uh, lovely chap. Liz May, no, not Liz May, Liz Truss, uh, our, our shortest ever Prime Minister, uh, who didn't have a particularly uh, good time in office. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It was fraught, uh, to, say the, to say the least. So she resigns. Justin writes on Twitter, just praying for Liz, uh, praying for Liz, right? Good one. Well, you should see the comments that came out of that. Yeah, there was a lot of hatred and anger towards that very comment. Why would you pray for her? She's caused all this chaos. What about praying for those who are poor or needy? And just absolutely having a go at Justin because he said, she served, therefore I'm going to pray. And that's not his exact words. You'll have to read what he said on Twitter um, himself. And it was quite, you know, it wasn't, I thought it was lovely actually what he said. And I thought, actually, this is a really interesting point, regardless of your political affiliation, especially in times like this. Yeah. As Christians, before you have an opinion about the party politics, you have to be praying for that political leader. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And you still have to remember uh, that these people are serving. Maybe it's out of selfish ambition. Maybe it's not. family. She's got teenage daughters who must be going to school and everyone's going, hey, look at your mum. You know, all of that is tough, isn't it? Mm. And absolutely need to pray for our leaders yeah and be thankful for those that um are in public office so there we go politics over <laughs> i just saw that and just thought I, I can't believe people are responding like this it's a really yeah. odd way to respond but still it may be the mood of the nation in some respects um mm -hmm. so claire what's coming up next week i did tell you i want to know if you remembered whether I was listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sharon is going to be continuing John, in John. Mm -hmm. We don't know what passage it is. It, it is, sorry, that sounded like a swear word there. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. I'm, I'm sure it'll be amazing because Sharon's fabulous. And then um, Rach Marshall is, oh, am I meant to name names, surnames? I don't know. I'm sure. Um, uh, we put it on the screen. So. Oh, right, okay. Um, she's going to be hosting with 
you or by yourself? Is she doing it all by herself? Uh, probably me. Uh, maybe somebody else. We're looking at rotors at the moment, so I'm not entirely sure. But we know that Rach is on it, uh, so you'll be in safe hands. Uh, well. So, yes. Uh, the Power Twins, uh, Rach and Sharon, next week. Oh, yes, you're not going to want to miss it. So do join us. If you haven't done so already, head over to the website, sign up for the newsletter, um, and we will email you uh, every week with what's going on, the links, the transcript notes, and all that sort of stuff. So it's cool. Come straight through to your inbox. We're getting our newsletters to be a little bit better and a little bit more interesting. Obviously, make sure you subscribe to What's the Story. We didn't actually manage to get that podcast out this week, but it will be out uh, uh, next week, as in starting tomorrow, uh, Monday. We've got a guy called Brett Curry. His story is going to be released. Then Mark Mitchell uh, from the uh mitchell mazda fame so yes he's, he's going to be on the podcast yeah all, yeah like. all amazing people so they are coming towards the story all that information is on the website www.crowd.church i can put it on the screen there you go or you can connect with us via social media at crowd church we would love to hear from you we do have a midweek group on wednesdays if you'd like to come join in uh, and we pray uh in that group there are just a heads up, there are going to be some changes coming to the Crowd Church live stream in the coming weeks. We will keep you updated on that. All things get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, things are going to be getting better, hopefully. So, uh, yes, fantastic. I'm just looking down the comments because Matt Crew normally reminds me of stuff that I've forgotten. Um, right. So. <laughs> he's awesome at that. Uh, so I think I've told them, Matt, tell me if I've missed anything because... Uh, I don't think that I have right now. Uh, so, yeah, Dion, have a great week. Everyone's in there saying have a great week. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for joining us in the comments. Claire, thank you for hosting with me. It's been, been the first time you and I have hosted. Really so we should have to do it again sometime. Fantastic. All right, folks, have a fantastic week. God bless you, and we will see you next week. Bye for now. Night.